Spotlight. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Customize and welcome to Spotlight. I'm Sarah Hendy, and on the programme this week, Martin Thomas, Chairman of the Society of Architects, tells us what's happening at next week's Isle of Architecture Mini Festival, and we speak to some of the finalists for the Sovereign Art Foundation's Student Prize. have any creative news you'd like to share with us here at Spotlight, you can email me at spotlight at manxradio.com or message the Manx Radio Facebook page. Martin Thomas, chairman of the Isle of Man Society of Architects, joins us first today to tell us about a mini Isle of Architecture festival taking place around the island next week. Martin Thomas, uh, last year we were able to enjoy Isle of Architecture. It ran until July 2017, is that right? That's um, right, yeah fantastic year of celebrating architecture around the Isle of Man and you've you're bringing us a sort of mini festival to remind us of all the best bits of Isle of Architecture all the best bits in in less than a week that's right um well we've uh, put together a little festival that sits between the two Manx National Heritage open days weekends um which are next weekend and the weekend after so from Tuesday to Friday uh, we've got four events that kind of encapsulate what the kind of things we were doing for Isle of Architecture as kind of a sort of legacy to um, to, to that festival. So we're going to try and kind of keep that going every year. That's the idea. Oh, anyway. right, so this is going to be an annual event. Well, we'll see how we go. Actually, Fantastic. we'll see. Well, yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, uh, yeah, I heard it here first, everybody. Oh. Well, that's really exciting because mm. Oliver Architecture was a brilliant year that I think made people think about things that perhaps we hadn't thought about before. It was uh, it was quite an eye opener. Well, that's the, I mean, that's the idea really to try and get people to see the buildings that we've got, and I think. Um, there are some great buildings in the Isle of Man, you know, older buildings and some new buildings too. And I think architecture and the built environment affects all of us. You know, we all live in something and we all work in something and we all walk down the street or drive down the road or what have you. And and so the quality of the built environment is really important. It's also really important to the identity of the island um, and as a kind of expression of the culture of the island, which I think is, is sometimes... Um, taken for granted really and and i think generally our i mean generally in the uk the built environment is is not a, a top of the agenda in a lot of cases um so yeah so really what we were trying to do with isle of architecture with the kind of events we um, we put on was trying to put people into buildings in ways they wouldn't necessarily have been before so for example the the gigs in the unusual spaces and buildings was my kind of favorite one really and that sort of if we got someone into some, a building and they'd say, "Oh, I'd never been here before," or "I'd never seen this building," or noticed it, then that's a kind of that's a success for us, really. And you say you've got uh, things on a similar theme for your mini festival this year. What's coming up? What's in store? Okay, so we've got Tuesday night. We've got a Pecha Kucha evening. Now I know I talked to you at the last one we did for Isle of Architecture. Yeah, last we love year. a Pecha Kucha on Spotlight. Yeah, exactly. remind us again how it works. Okay, so um, each presenter it's like a slideshow presentation each presenter has uh 20 slides and they have 20 seconds each for each slide to speak about it and so they're only sort of six and a half minute long talks and um, it's really an inf- really informal kind of presentation style it's quite quick fire you know you know the next presenter is going to be along in the next seven minutes at the most so um 
and it's a really kind of fun way to also try and frame your presentation. I've done, I mean, I've done two of them now um, for Isle of Architecture and then also this year for Isle Expo um, for the creative industries uh, section. And um, it's really challenging, but it's, it's a bit scary, but it's also really good fun. And I think they're really good fun to watch because of that. I know the one we did for Isle of Architecture, everyone we talked to afterwards seemed to just have a really good good evening, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And like you say, they are quick fire and it's a really great way of sort of condensing a lot of information into a very short space of time. Keeps it really punchy and they, they end up being very enjoyable presentations about stuff that you might not necessarily be interested in in the first place. I mean, you learn a lot from a Pechacucha. That's right, that's right. And I think I think they're quite good fun to watch because you never know quite know whether... Uh, like the two I've done, I've tried to say too much, quite honestly. You know, I've had too many words for my 20 seconds. And um, and equally, I've seen them where there's, you know, say a little bit and then you're waiting for the next slide to come along, you know. So it's quite, I, I think it's quite, the dynamic of it is, is really interesting and people, how people approach it. Is there a particular theme for the evening? Who's well, presenting? What's, uh, um, what's we haven't set a kind of title for it, but um, it's going to be, it's going to be a mix of heritage and and architecture and then also a dash of regeneration. Nice. Something to look forward to there. On Wednesday, you've got a rather special edition of the Isle of Man Drawing Club. Yes. Well, at the Isle Expo Pecha Kucha, um, Kim G was one of the presenters for that. So we were talking afterwards uh, and I'd been to the first drawing club um, and really enjoyed it. Uh, and we were sort of saying how we should team up and try and do something. So this sort of seemed to be the, a great opportunity to do it and it's the good thing about that it's it's one thing we didn't do for isle of architecture so we've managed to bring something new to it mm-hmm. um it's at the villa arcade we were trying to find a, a building that um uh has got plenty to draw plenty of challenges um and that has i think some interesting perspective going on i think that'll be interesting to see how people get on with that and then there's also plenty of detail so where she runs kind of really short drawing exercises i think there are plenty of little things to look at um, and also uh, there's a bar, which is, you know, one of the defining features of the evening, I think. But it's a great environment. It's really informal. Um, you don't have to be a great artist to join in um, as long as, as she says, as long as you like a chat. That's kind of the main thing. It kind of fits our brief in that it's going to get people into a building that they kind of probably know about, but they don't really look at. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the one of the great things about drawing is you have to look. You know, so I think... I'm hoping that that will be, you know, another level of interest for people. Absolutely. I hope to see many more in lots of different locations as well. What a brilliant idea. I love that. Um, And on Thursday, you've got um, a film screening, I believe. That's right. Yeah, we we run a kind of, I wouldn't quite say regular, but a fairly reasonably regular film night. The recent films we've themed on cities. So the film we're showing is a film called Russian Ark, um, which was filmed entirely in the State Hermitage museum in st petersburg and for those film tech buffs out there it was filmed in one take so it's kind of a single take from beginning to end um they must have spent you know months rehearsing it i don't know but um so technically it's quite interesting and intriguing but also it's um full of reference to russian history and culture and the setting is just uh, amazing so we thought that fitted quite well with the kind of heritage aspect even though and it also fits our other brief which is to look outwards from the Isle of Man you know and um, we we like to try and celebrate and draw out the qualities of um, architecture and buildings here but from the sofa point of view we're always trying to look out and say you know there's a big wide world out there and there's a lot a, a lots of great buildings that we can all kind of learn from. 
So that's uh, Thursday at, uh, where, where was that again? That's in the Bath and Bottle Bath and in Battle. Victoria Street. Oh, yes. lovely. Your, your usual, usual, usual spot. Yeah. Yes, lovely. Um, and the festival finale is another of your um, gigs in unexpected spaces. We've got Ruth Kagan with Malcolm Stitt. Um, and then also we're really lucky also to have Mira Royal playing as well. Uh, so that's really, I'm so excited to see all, all of them, really. It's going to be really, really good. And that's um, Our Lady the Star of the Sea in St. Macaldin Ramsey, is that right? That's correct, yeah. And that's another one of those buildings that I think, um, you know, people may or may not know about, may or may not have been inside. Um, it's a very, you know, particular kind of, it's a very understated building, um, but it was designed by Sir Giles Gilbert Scott, who was the architect of the Anglican Cathedral in Liverpool, um, also... Battersea Power Station, Bankside Power Station, which is now Tate Modern, and the Red Telephone Box, you know, and one wow, of his, uh, yeah, that's right, and, and one of his early church buildings, which was designed around the time he was working on the Liverpool Cathedral, is in Ramsey. Gosh, what a what a coup and a hidden gem, like you say. Like. That's right, yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. So it, I think it'll be exciting to see. Um, I think the first of the gigs we did was at um, Onken Parish Hall, which, again, it's a building that kind of... It's always in people's peripheral vision. But then it was a sellout uh, night, and the number of people I heard afterwards saying, oh, I've never been in here, you know, um, and it's a wonderful, wonderful building, you know. Um, so that that's the kind of thing we're trying to do. It, it's not preachy, you know, it's nothing... We're not being theoretical or clever about it it's just about getting people to look at buildings that they might not have noticed yeah and it it really is a gem it's quite funny i grew up going to that it's roman catholic church and that's our family church and my mum being an architect Mm -hmm. always told me how lucky we were um i was told that the um many of the men who actually built the church died in the ellen vannon tragedy as well so we talked about the building quite a lot but um, yeah, from a design perspective, I suppose sort of age six or seven, I didn't really appreciate it. But it's, it's got, it is quite stark and quite sort of um, bold in certain ways. But there's, there's so much, there's so much detail there. The shapes are just quite unusual, I suppose. That's right, and it's beautiful in its simplicity as well. You know, and in a, in a way, um, it's an interesting time in in architecture, and you can see it uh, again in a lot of Bailey Scott buildings where there's a kind of move from the kind of over-decorated um, building to, to something more simple and almost stark, and which is kind of foreshadowing the modern movement. You know, now it doesn't necessarily maybe... It's been, these aren't modern movement buildings, but they've got, have got a kind of quality that is resonant with that, I think. Where can we find tickets for these events? You can find them through our Facebook page. So that's Isle of Man Society of Architects Facebook or Isle of Architecture. All of the events have got an event page through those two pages. Um, the Drawing Club, because it's at the Villa Arcade, the Drawing Club tickets are available through the Villa website. Make sure you get those tickets. Events run from Tuesday to Friday of next week at various locations around the island and they're bound to go well, so don't delay. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. We head to King Williams College next this afternoon, where the school's three finalists for the Sovereign Art Foundation's Student Prize are in the middle of an art lesson. We spoke to finalists Alice Morris, Catherine Brown and Jess Stanley, along with their art tutor, Mr Stephen Kelly. So I'm Alice and I submitted The Supreme Queen. 
So it's the first piece that you've done in oils. Like, have you been have you been learning about oils in in class? Then is it something that you've explored at school? Yeah. So we did um, a test piece in class, uh, but that was on card. And so when I went onto the aluminium, because of the reflection of the light, it looked completely different, and I had to go over it multiple times to make it how I wanted it to look. And why aluminium? Um, I just thought it was different, and I thought it was. Um, created a stark contrast and then the background would change it wasn't a um I suppose aluminium has a, a personality all of its own in a way doesn't it with the, its reflective qualities it, it could add quite a lot of light and life to the picture maybe exactly and when you would move it would shift and it would just look completely completely different she, the queen could look in a dark room or light room and it would just change mm. and I imagine it might have been quite difficult to paint onto because I suppose with oils you rely on a canvas um, to, to it's got quite a lot of traction, it grips and it, it, the, the paint sticks really well to the canvas. On aluminium, was that a little bit more difficult? Yeah, so I couldn't use thin paint and so I had to go in with thick oil paint at the first go. And so it was really difficult to blend sometimes and create the same form and things like that. Wow. So kind of build up a good base coat almost without it getting too chunky because you've got quite a lot of really fine detail there and some really subtle tones that that, that must have taken quite a bit of working on. Um, there must have been a lot of layers. Yeah, exactly. And then if I wanted to change a tone, I would have to match the colour exactly because you couldn't mix one on the oil, on the aluminium, sorry. Oh, wow, okay. Wow, and um, you must have worked in acrylics in, in the lead-up to, to using oils, I suppose. A lot of, like, a lot of us have learned that way around. Is acrylic something that um, was sort of a go-to and a starting point, maybe, and then oils sort of a bit more of a challenge? Um, well, I actually only took art this uh, or last year, and so I didn't really paint um, much. And when I was a kid, I used to use uh, acrylics, so I know what they're sort of like. But um, it was definitely a throw myself into it kind of situation. Yeah, baptism of fire there. And well done, because, I mean, to have your piece accepted in the competition um, and for it to be a first oil piece, like, that's really quite an achievement. Just remind us of the title of your piece. So it's called Supreme Queen, and it's the queen. Hopefully you can recognise her, and it's got a supreme logo on, mm -hmm. on her eyes. Um, and what was the, what's the story behind that? Why? I mean, sorry, big questions. Um, but we're all curious like, about like, why people do what they do. What inspired you? What was your line of research for that piece? So it started off from the word juxtaposition. That was my inspiration. And I wanted to contrast the timeless nature of the Queen with the sort of um, fleeting brand. And they both reign their markets. The Queen has obviously been the longest reigning monarch, and then Supreme has this massive audience uh, that the youth culture are really into right now. Wow, and it's a powerful piece, very striking. Uh, congratulations. So I'm Catherine Brown, and my piece is called Emma. This is also a painting. It's a life study. Is that something that you've, you've been doing for a little while? Yeah, I, in GCSE I did a lot of portraits and now I wanted to try and do something that included more of the body and so it's all her back. And, yeah. Did you work from still life or did you work from photographs? Is that something that you had to sort of um, get good at as well like in your research for the piece? No, it was quite like in the moment. It's just from a photo, from inboarding and yeah. 
tell us about why that particular pose was important. What are you trying to tell us about Emma? What's the, the colours are quite subdued. There's a lot of kind of greens and subtle grey tones in there. It's quite a it's yeah, it's quite a quiet piece in a way. What were you what are you trying to convey in the painting? Yeah, it sort of shows insecurity in her and in like her nakedness and there's lots of in the canvas I left a lot of it blank in the background to also show nakedness and like shyness and things like that yeah mm -hmm. and is that a theme you've been working a lot with this year yeah my theme that I'm working through the IB is persona so like how we show ourselves our characters and so this idea of completely showing ourselves because we're often very hidden in social media we show what we want to and her being very open and naked is sort of just a very shyness and yeah being completely herself yeah. This very pure portrayal of um, a girl looking very vulnerable is, is quite poignant for someone of your generation. Is that one of the sort of motives behind it to, I don't know, open up that vulnerability? Yeah, definitely. Just to like, just her being like herself completely. She's all that's in the piece. There's no like distracting background. It's just her and like no clothes or anything to distract from her body. And, yeah. Well, I'm Jess, and my piece is called Dermatology because it's a sort of study of the skin. Yeah, there were some really interesting textures on the skin of your subjects um, in your piece. Tell us a little bit about the what you've been exploring on that theme. Well, it was mainly inspired by um, an artist called Lucian Freud because he has um, this very distinct way of um, portraying the skin of his subjects. And, um, well, the piece is done on wooden board, so it was quite it went quite well to use lots of different colours and keep some bits exposed to sort of keep that sort of abstract element. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can imagine the wooden boards would have had some perfect tones for, for painting skin onto. But um, describe Lucien Freud's style for us, if you can, just, just to help people paint the picture in their heads. There's different areas of colour that kind of blend together, but they're still quite distinct patches. Yeah, well, it's quite expressive and not... It's, it sort of gives a realistic element, but it's not overly realistic, so it sort of moulds lots of different colours together whilst, instead of having a smooth, traditional finish. Um, and I couldn't help but notice that your subjects kind of have halos. Is there, is, have I interpreted that correctly, and is there a story behind that? Yeah, well, I wanted to add a sort of extra element of interest to the piece, and this idea of skin... Um, because hence the name dermatology is about sort of how it's so underrated and it's so precious to people that it's almost um, got this protective saint-like quality to it, which is why I wanted to put the gold halo around it. And um, and is that that's something that you're exploring for the rest of the year in the IB? Then I suppose is it. Um, in a way, my theme for this year is culture. So I'm looking at all different sorts of cultures. So, of course, um, iconography comes under that um, uh, sort of label. Um, also, this, the idea of skin comes under that because lots of people treat skin different ways. Lots of people see skin in different ways. Obviously, people of different races have different colour skin. So, and that sometimes separates society when actually... Like in my piece, you should bring all those colours together into one face, because they're all the same. Mr Kelly, you must be really proud of the girls and their achievements in, um, in being selected for the, the, final, the final exhibition in the Sovereign Art Foundation competition. 
Um, we're very pleased, actually, um, at college that the three girls have got through to the final 13 to be exhibited. Um, it's the second year that we've um, entered the Sovereign Arts Foundation, um, and we're really pleased that the work's on show. Um, it's good that the Sovereign Arts Foundation has given a, like a showcase of the island's student talent. The talent is just amazing, and people are endlessly surprised by, by what these students achieve. Yes, it's, um, if you think that the students are 17 years old, um, or some of them 18, the actual talent that's there, um, the skill level that they've reached, it's stunning really, um, to say that they're just students. This is such a fantastic opportunity for these students to have their work presented around the world. People are voting online from Hong Kong, Singapore. People are voting from all over the world and these pictures are available to them. That, that must mean a lot for, for you. Yes, I think the global aspect of the competition is really exciting. Um, and we do know that um, the charities benefit a lot from the um, competition. So Wish Upon a Dream this year, the chosen charity. I know they do some wonderful work for poorly children. We're now joined by Sandy Coe of the Sovereign Art Foundation. So Sandy, we've been speaking to some of the students whose work was selected for the final of the Sovereign Art Foundation Student Prize. There's some quality work there. You must be really pleased with the submissions this year. Yes, indeed. Uh, we've got all seven schools um, represented this year in the final, so that's really brilliant. And uh, in fact, we've got one uh, additional finalist, 13 instead of 12, because of a tie in scores um, when during shortlisting. It's going to be quite intense because all the artwork are very um, exceptional in their own caliber and how the public will vote uh, in the end will be quite interesting. Ways to vote um, on Facebook and also via the Sovereign Art Foundation website. This work is being voted on around the world. It's, it's yes. amazing exposure for these young people, but also this is this has become kind of an international thing, which is really amazing for young people on the island. That is very true. We actually had a query from someone from New Zealand um, about about voting and potentially um, ordering something, a, a reproduction merchandise, which we do have. So we've got people from around the world casting their votes. My friends in Singapore have voted as well, so... Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's just incredible and it's hard to it's hard to imagine. This is the second year the competition's been running on the that's Isle right, of yeah. Man. Yeah. How um how are things changing for you this year as a foundation and um is there have you got have you got anything new on the horizon? Um yes, uh, there are some things that are sort of happening that's a bit different from last year. Last year we focused um uh, we have a twin focus with the event, which is one to recognize the art on the island. So we have this competition for the students to take part in and we uh, give up prizes to them. The other aspect that's, that most people would know is that we raise funds for a local charity that works with children. So last year was Rebecca House and this year we're working with um, an amazing charity, Wish Upon a Dream, who grants wishes to seriously or terminally ill children. In fact, this year is a 10th year granting wishes. Um, and we really are very excited to be um, supporting them in this course. Um, instead of uh, making lots of merchandise like what we did last year to, to raise funds, uh, this this year we're actually going, going to be running an event. So uh, we're throwing the Sovereign Art Foundation charity Prohibition Ball 
uh, on the 17th of November 2018. It's on Saturday. It's at Woodburn House. A ticket is £75 per person. Uh, the theme is uh, Prohibition, Speakeasy, Think Peaky Blinders, 1920s. We'll be actually having performers, a uh, band of singers coming across from UK who will be singing some songs in the era. And we would be asking everyone to come dressed um, you know, to the nines as Prohibition period would, would dress as potentially flappers, um, flat caps and things like that. And just have a really, really lovely evening at the same time raising funds for Wish Upon a Dream. That said, you're still able to uh, get reproductions made to, as a memento of your favourite artwork. So we do provide digital reprints. So you could make orders through Facebook or you could also make uh, print slates of your favourite artwork choices. So it's, it's perfect to, you know, to start um, getting your stocking fillers um, ready for Christmas. Profit goes to Wish Upon a Dream, granting wishes to children who really are in need. And Leslie Turnbull, MBE, who is founder of this charity, was actually awarded, well, you've just heard, an MBE this year in, in the Queen's uh, Birthday Honours list. So she was one, one of the four Manx residents to be recognised uh, for her you know, amazing work, in this case done with, through Wish Upon a Dream. It's just an amazing charity to be involved with. Um, we also have, um, in December... Um, some other events that we're looking at, at um, raising funds for this charity. Um, so we've got Dr. Draw. Uh, he's an amazing electronic violinist. Some of you may have heard him play last year in December in Seven Kingdom Distillery. This year he's coming back for our awards night. We'll be announcing the results of the winners on the 17th of um, December. That's on the Monday. But the weekend, he'll also be here on the 15th and 16th. And he will be performing around the island um, together with his companion, uh, Jeff Antoine Cote, who is a drummer. So we've got um, this incredible pair um, who will be performing live music in different places, all of them ticketed, some of them as little as £10. We'll be, we'll be releasing all the details online. So um, get your tickets booked and uh, keep your eye out for a lovely uh, way to um, uh, you know, contribute to the, to the charity and the Isle of Man community. and vote for the artworks online via the Sovereign Art Foundation website or Facebook page. You still have until this Sunday to vote, so follow the links on the Spotlight blog at manxradio.com to have your say. That's all we have time for this week. Tune in again next Wednesday evening at half past five, or you can find the programme on demand or as a downloadable podcast on the Manx Radio website. Have a lovely creative week. Slend you. <laughs>